Well, g'day trendsetters, welcome to episode 608 of the Trains Move podcast. My name is Tim Meg, and if you have a question for the show, and let's hope you do, you can simply jump on through to the website, trainsmove.com, or send me through an email, tim at trainsmove.com. You can check out the newly designed, still working on it, coronavirus.com. Now, I've had a, a strange, funny little five, six days, seven days, something like that. Last week's been quite a strange one. I've, Christmas Eve, I started getting these pains in a wisdom tooth of mine. And I called up, instantly called up my dentist, who I assume wasn't going to be wanting to see me. But And, and I may have told the story... Um, told you about about my dentist he's a, he's in his mid 80s and he used to have a practice you know 300 years ago and he's now he's, he operates from his back shed and when and i'm not exaggerating at all that at all he literally operates at his little dental thing from his back shed but and and you walk in and it's like going back into the you know the 70s and 80s to to it's all the exact same, you know, he kept all his equipment and everything, but he's really, really good, and um, with zero modern technology, and I've had a, um, a root canal, I've had half, my front teeth for half fake, they've all been um, chipped severely, redid all them, you know, the front teeth, $50, a root canal, $200, and he's just really cheap, um, but and really good, but he's, I couldn't see him until mid-January, and at first I thought, oh, you know, I'll be right, I'll just, you know, should be fine. And then come Christmas, this pain's getting intense, intense, and I've got nothing at home. There's, I haven't got any Panadols, I haven't got, you know, just nothing. And so, so I'm just, you know, suffering through it. And then I go to my in-laws Christmas Eve, and I start raiding the mother-in-law's medicine cabinet. And and she she's like a pharmacy there. She's got she's got a bit a bit a bit a little bit of everything. So I so I dive into some first you know take some Nurofen and Panadol and see if I can take the edge off it. And then she she shows me some codeine and she goes oh I need to take half of this 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 is full on so I take a full one and that barely hit the edge and it just got worse and worse and worse over the last few days. And to the point where you could probably burn the lawn with the amount of crap I was putting in into my gob just to try and dull the pain. And because I couldn't get anyone to relieve me at work, I still had to go to work and just, just you know, suffer. But I got finally got my, this wisdom tooth yanked last yesterday, yesterday afternoon, and it just feels amazing. I just completely pain free. It's uh, but uh, that's about what's going on in my little world at the moment. So let's jump on through to the question, which comes from Ray. Ray, who writes, Raymond writes, <laughs> see, I just amuse myself. My wife always, my wife always jokes that you're your own biggest fan. You laugh at all your jokes. And well, of course I do. I'm bloody funny to myself. Raymond writes, uh, what, what? I'm still laughing at myself. What time? Uh, what sorry? What time? Uh, what type? Uh, he's written time. What type of intervals would you give an athlete for a bike? For the bike who is trying to take 30 minutes off their 70.3 bike time. Last race I did a 3:06. So a 3:06. Right. Um. 
So this greatly depends, which you would assume that was going to be my first answer. So to to run run a few things, it'd be it'd be interesting to see what sort of training you did leading into your seventy point three, um, how consistent you were, what you were, what type of training you were actually doing, um, how you structured that tra- type of training. Um, what does your bike position look like? What is your the equipment you used? Um, going right through to everything. So let's start off with some low hanging fruit first. Uh, if you're you need a good aerobic foundation, that that's you know you hear um, you hear that said. You've got to lay a base down, which um, which is a lot a lot of truth in 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 that whether you like that phrase or not. If and you go well, when when should I start be doing intervals and, and stuff like that? A, a rule of thumb is if you if you can't ride at seventy um, percent of your FTP and have your heart rate pretty low, you know mid um, mid zone two, um, and you're able to breathe the constantly through your nose. If you can't do that, you shouldn't be doing intervals yet. You need to. You, you kind of need to be hard intervals. You need to be still still at it. Um, the way when it comes to so when we start talking about intervals, that's changed a fair bit over the last few years the, with what we see in pro cycling. And I would assume, and this is me just guessing, what we see at the short course racing as well has probably changed greatly. Um, and because it, it would make sense for them to follow the same pattern pro cyclists drift off to. For longer course triathletes, we're still hanging around the same type of things. Um, it is changing, depends on the course. Um, but, but there's a lot more variability in in intervals these days, especially in pro cycling. It's, a, it's really, if you look at, jump on... Um, Strava, for instance, and you look at what pro pro cycle, and it all depends what type of pro cyclist you're about to click on too. What type of intervals a sprinter is going to be doing something completely different than a GC rider, and and um, a domestique is going to be doing you know a domestique that's meant for the flats is going to be doing something completely different to a, a, a super domestique and a time trial specialist is going to be doing something completely different. But if you can just get your average um, young um, domestique rider who's just going to be riding some classics, some you know all sorts of lower level cycles. Their intervals. You look look back like five six years ago, and look at what they're doing now with intervals. Really different. Um, you can go the the f- format you'd see generally would be for pro cycling and i know i'm drifting off here is day one is more of a high intense session day day two would be a strength session day three would be a a long aerobic ride and they kind of just repeat that cycle now these um sessions like your day one instead of doing um high high intense you you know let's say you're doing um um, ten minute efforts. That that might, you might be in about three different zones in that in that one ten minute effort now. So it it really has changed a lot more variability thrown into it. 
um, and and again, I would assume, but I haven't been deep diving at all into short course athletes. Would I would assume they're doing very much the same type of um, as what that would be for um, longer course athletes. Um, if it's super flat, it, you know, it doesn't really matter too much. Your courses, if it's rolling hilly, that you're going to need to be a lot more variability into that. Um, so it's it, it's funny how 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 it develops and and changes as as it goes, but if you 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 want to reverse engineer what you're trying to do on your on race day, so you you look back and it's a super flat course. Well, then you could be doing long intervals, you know long 20 30 40 minute intervals no no stress at all um and you want to try and make them specific to you so if you're riding whatever percent of your ftp that's if you've got power i'm assuming um whether it's 75 80 82 percent of your ftp um you got to do that in training so um so you got to structure all that so and then you look. You got to look at your available training hours. So if you're only doing ten hours of training throughout the whole week, wouldn't well now you're you're haven't got as much room to play with. And I actually just listened. The um, the old theory is the less hours you got, the more intensity you've got to throw at it. And I, I don't agree with that. Um, there, there's obviously a time and place to add intensity. I was just listening to a. A retired pro triathlete here in Australia who does coaching now saying um, that he gives if his athletes haven't got much time he, he flogs the living crap out of them and that, that that's all nice and I, it was a throwaway line which I'll hope he's he probably, he probably should have known better than to say that because you've, if he's if he's riding um, I don't know. He's, if he's doing a two-hour bike ride and his heart rate's through the roof, his power's really crap. Giving him intervals is not not that smart. There, there's a time and place. Now, once you've built that aerobic foundation up and he's aerobically efficient, then you can start adding more into it. And that um, what is it? The you zone two um work so if you're throwing a lot more zone two work at it that will get you to a certain level but it's the intervals that are around that work which will increase your zone two capacity um and that, and and the gym work um that's if you've got time for the gym work but it, it all helps each other so um it, generally you as you're further away from the race, you're starting off with shorter, sharper, harder intervals. And then as you're getting closer to race day, they become longer and the intensity will go down. But hang hang at or above race power a lot. So if you've got an hour bike ride in the weekday, you're probably going to be sitting about 20% for your race-specific intervals. will be sitting roughly around that 20% plus for um of what you're hoping to do in race power and then on weekends if you've got like a three-hour bike ride um throwing in you know the goal would be to like three weeks out to four weeks out or whatever to be doing um three times 40 minutes at 
at at race power we've anywhere between four and eight ten minutes easy in between that would be the goal with that and then you just slowly work back your way from there you think right i want to i want to achieve this four weeks out from your race what do i need to do eight weeks out to be able to achieve that in four weeks and you just start slowly right right in eight weeks out i want to achieve you know a 40 30 20 and then behind back that i want to do yeah and you can slowly work your way around what you're trying to achieve but you've got to start off on race day and and work your way back there's no point working your way forward um and then don't do what I did and ru- try and rush the process and and injure yourself. I hope that helps, mate. If you, if you want, just send me another question in with more details. Um, I'm, I could probably answer the question a little bit more directly for you. If you guys have any other questions, jump on through to the website, trainsmooth.com. Until next episode. Hooray.